muy bien, con, con vida respirando. Walter Leon is 34, and he's decided to try to cross into the U.S. illegally. Eso es lo importante. Ajá. Last week, he spoke to our colleague Juan Montes from a migrant shelter in Mexico. Walter is from Tabasco, a southern state in Mexico. He used to grow timber on a plot of family land. And he told Juan that he'd struggled to make a living. Walter told me that labor is really cheap where he comes from. He also said the land is low, it floods easily, and then it's difficult to do ranching or work the land. In Mexico, Walter didn't think he had many options. Then he heard there were jobs available in the U.S. Walter said that one of his buddies told him that if he goes to the U.S., he can make money building houses, for example. So he said, I'm leaving. And here we are. Walter's not alone. He's one of tens of thousands of migrants trying to cross the U.S. border right now, leaving the Biden administration with a political and humanitarian crisis. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, April 6th. Coming up on the show, what's driving so many people to come across the southern border right now? This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. How significant is this increase of migrants trying to cross the border right now? It's big. Our colleague Alicia Caldwell covers immigration. Over the course of 2018 and 2019, during the Trump administration, you had a combined close to 706,000 unaccompanied kids and families cross the border. You're likely to just blow that out of the water this year. At this stage, the estimates from the Department of Homeland Security are upward of 2 million apprehensions. There's never been 2 million apprehensions. Most of the migrants at the southern border fall into two broad categories. One is families and children, mostly from Central America, seeking asylum, and we'll talk about them later. The other is single adults, mostly men from Mexico, coming to the U.S. seeking work. And most of the migrants at the border now are in this group. By and large, the single adults from Mexico are looking for work. They're primarily economic migrants, but let's not discount that they're coming from really devastated parts of Mexico. 
Alicia says that for Mexican workers, there's always been a push and pull between the economies of Mexico and the U.S. And these workers have gone back and forth, crossing the border if they need jobs. For the last decade or so, the Mexican economy has been pretty strong. And we saw Mexican immigrants during that time head back to Mexico. And as the economy got better in Mexico, more people stayed. As the economy has worsened in recent years, particularly under the pandemic, you're starting to see that reversal. The U.S. economy is improving. There are jobs available. We're opening back up. Restaurants are moving forward and opening across the country. Some states have declared there's no more limitations for COVID. So all of those restaurants that were limited or closed are now reopening and and expanding their customer base, and they need employees for that. So there is a sense, at least, of I can go north now. And there's a sense of hope for the people who are leaving that they can come here and find that work. What parts of the U.S. economy are there jobs that they can fill? Agriculture, construction, uh, lawn care, restaurant work, hotel cleaning staffs, meatpacking plants, chicken plants. But it's every corner of the American economy. But at the hourly wage, the lower end of the spectrum, particularly in jobs that, quite frankly, are just not being filled historically by American workers. Agriculture is one of the larger pieces of that puzzle. How is this message getting back to people in Mexico? Word of mouth. Yeah, it's word of mouth. You you know somebody who's made it to El Norte and they, they call back and they say, hey, I've got this job. People are using social media, WhatsApp, um, regular texting. They're calling home and saying, hey, I just made it. I'm in San Francisco. I'm in Phoenix. You know, you name the place folks are headed there. I'm in Houston. That person says, hey, you know, I work at this meatpacking plant. I can get you in. And it's classic sort of word of mouth. In Walter's case, a friend told him that now is a good time to come. And Walter hopes to get started with a construction job. Walter told me that he likes to remodel houses, working with plasterboard, drywall, things like that. I asked Walter if he would consider other types of work, a restaurant job, for example, or something else in the service industry. Walter said a restaurant job could be good because he needs to work, but he also likes cooking and eating. He said maybe in the future he could try to open a restaurant of his own, but of course that it would take time. But before Walter can get started on that dream, he has to get into the U.S. Right now, he's working to save money so he can pay smugglers to get him across the border. And because of how the U.S. is handling single adults caught crossing illegally, if Walter can't get in the first time, he can likely try again. When a single adult is apprehended, instead of being taken to jail or prosecuted or flown back to central Mexico or other parts of the border, they're simply turned around. They're taken to the nearest port of entry and walked across the bridge. And so that gives you an opportunity to try again. So you have a recidivism rate right now for all groups of close to 40% of late. If Walter makes it, he'd become one of an estimated 11 million people living in the U.S. illegally. 
But the process for Walter doesn't apply to that other group of migrants, the families and children seeking asylum. Now to the crisis at the border. The Biden administration is struggling to respond to a new surge of migrant children at the country's southern border. Each day, more come. A surge not seen in years. The White House says it's trying to work out a more, quote, efficient and humane system. It may not be enough. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. Thousands of families and children from Central America have been coming to the U.S. Usually, they immediately surrender to U.S. authorities and seek asylum. There's a lot of problems in Central America. There's poverty, there's hunger, there's generalized crime and corruption. There's gang violence that has never gone away. Add to that the COVID pandemic that shut down their countries as well as it did ours. And you had two hurricanes hit Central America. And that has been a big driving force, at least to the adults in families that I've spoken to and immigration advocates and and aid workers that I've spoken to who say they're, they're hearing that a lot from these border crossers. It was the hurricanes that led Saul Suchite to come north. Hola, Saul. Sí, dígame. Saul told Juan that he lived with his wife and two children in western Honduras and worked in construction. But in November, those two back-to-back hurricanes swept their home away. Saul told me that when he asked the mayor in his town for help, the mayor said, no, there is no help here. Better go find work. Go see what you can do because I can help you out. Saul told me, that he felt like crying because his family didn't even have a piece of bread to eat. Saul said it was hard to look for work because there was a curfew in Honduras. So he had trouble with the police. Saul said he really suffered during that hurricane. Without food, work, or shelter, Saul said he had to turn to his father for help. Saul said his dad is very poor. He just has a little house, just a simple room, nothing more. His father told him, there is no room in here, but out back, you can put up a tarp, 
and live under the plastic. Saul said he felt that he was living like an animal behind his father's house. So that's why he decided to come over. That's why he decided to go to the United States. Saul and his 13-year-old son left home in January, leaving his wife and younger son behind. When Juan spoke to him, Saul and his son had been on the road for more than two months. They weren't yet at the border, but Saul said when they get there, they plan to ask for asylum. An estimated 53,000 families were stopped by U.S. Border Patrol in the month of March alone. The last time the volume of families was this high was March of 2019. And in the coming months, the numbers are expected to go up. In 2019, the Trump administration tried to deter migrants by refusing them entry and making them wait in Mexico until their asylum hearings. And during the pandemic, Trump closed the border. But now, with a new president in the White House, Alicia says many families hope they'll get a friendlier reception. There is some speculation that there's been pent-up demand to migrate, that the numbers of people we're seeing now, we're only seeing it because there was such little opportunity to make the trek in the last two years under the Trump administration. Under Trump, almost everyone was turned back, including children. They were flown back to their home countries. The Biden administration has pledged a new approach to immigration. And now most migrant families are allowed to stay together in the U.S. while they wait for an asylum hearing. But some families are still getting turned back. So when migrants like Saul and his son surrender to federal authorities, they're not sure what'll happen. Families right now are facing a couple of different potential options, depending on where they cross the border, when they cross the border. The majority of families are being released at this stage with notices to report back at a future time. Under half now will be turned back to Mexico. Then there are the children who make the crossing alone, without parents or other family members. These children are held in detention facilities. And right now, that system is overwhelmed. And it's leading to serious overcrowding in the government shelters. In terms of conditions... Everyone we've spoken to from the president on down says these are not conditions children should be in in terms of the Border Patrol tents. Our hope and expectation is that won't stay open very long, that we'll be able to provide for every kid who comes across the border safely to be housed in a facility that's licensed. The White House has also said it's working to set up more shelters and speed up reuniting children with relatives in the U.S. But more migrants are continuing to arrive at the border, both the single adults coming in search of work and families and children seeking asylum. For me, it's a triple whammy of a story, if you will, for the Biden administration. It's economics, it's humanitarian, and it's political. The political, of course, is how he deals with it. And then you have the humanitarian piece of how do you deal with these folks? How do you make sure that you don't have kids in unhealthy, unstable, potentially dangerous conditions within your own facilities. The economics, how do you pay for all this? So it it all combines for a massive headache, to say the least. It's a tremendous problem for the Biden administration on all three of those fronts. 
That's all for today, Tuesday, April 6th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to David Lunau and Michelle Hackman for their reporting on this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.